Hello and welcome to episode one of the Dark Rose Comics podcast. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Jerry E, and I am joined by my co-host Victor Young. And today, what we have lined up is we'll be talking about the DC Comics series Dark Knight's Metal. We'll be talking about issues one and two. Uh, we were going to do one, two, and three, but we felt that a lot of these really needed their own face to shine. It was a lot. It was. It was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> or that yeah <laughs> it, it was a lot but uh today we'll be talking about issues one and two but before we get to that uh let's catch up with ourselves what uh where, what have you been up to victor uh you know what in terms of like comics and just issues that i've read i, I honestly haven't had a time the time to to do any reading unfortunately um you know just with work and stuff mm-hmm. but i did get a chance to watch black panther that was a good movie i'm telling you brother you gotta drop everything that you're doing right now forget this podcast go buy the tickets and go watch the movie man it was incredible all right well thank you uh thank you for tuning in uh yeah i think i'll probably go watch it at some point maybe maybe sometime next week maybe the week after i usually like to go when the theater's a bit empty so i just kind of avoid the internet for a few days yeah. for a few weeks even yeah and then i will go yeah. it, w- it, it was packed like it was yeah. definitely was opening weekend obviously mm-hmm. um but you know generally with these kind of movies what uh my girlfriend and i will do um is we'll buy the tickets like anywhere between like a month to two weeks ahead of time um and then we'll get reserved seating right so we'll either go vip or we'll go imax because we don't go to see movies very often right so when we do we generally like to spend a little bit more on the experience mm-hmm. Um, that way, when we go to the movie theater, you know, it's not too packed. You know, you have your seat that's reserved. Right, yeah. Um, and you can just enjoy the movie from there. I'm telling you, bro, you have to go watch it, man. It was it was such a good movie. I've actually thought about doing that, just picking up the seats ahead of time. Yeah. So that I can go reserve in the VIP. Yeah. Because um, it just makes sense. It, it, it takes away all the problems that I have with trying yeah. to get to a theater on the opening day. Yeah. Um, but uh, maybe maybe sometime next week I'll try to go and see it. Uh, how far how far in advance did you book the ticket, Victor? Uh oh man, I think we we got them about a month ahead of time. About a month. Yeah, because okay. the, the the hype was so huge right, yeah. around the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jerry, I'm telling you, man, like we <laughs> we we had to we had to buy these like super ahead of time, or there was no way. Like when we walked into the theater, mm-hmm. there wasn't a single seat that was not taken. Mm-hmm. So you de- for those kind of movies, especially when uh, if we ever get a chance to go together to watch um, Infinity War when it comes out, right? We we gotta buy those tickets well ahead of time because the hype around that movie is bigger. I think so. It, yeah. It, well, yeah, I think it'll be bigger, but I don't know. It's coming out in May, right? Uh, May? I be- I believe so. May. Yeah, late May. So sometime in April, we gotta book our tickets. Book it right now. We'll call Marvel big. Listen, man. Please. <laughs> Listen, we gotta Marvel, please. Wa- we gotta watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Marvel, please just send tickets this way, please. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, I didn't do anything like that this weekend. I think uh, I-, I did some reading. Uh, obviously, I reread Dark Knight's Metal yeah, a few times. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I did some reading, and then by your suggestion, I started watching. I started watching. Gundam, uh, Iron Iron Blooded Orphans. Iron Blooded Orphans. Good idea. It's. I have to get back to watching anime again. I have yeah. to get used to watching anime. It's a again. different experience. Yeah, it's very different from, like what I've been used to with DC animated. Right. It's uh. The 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 way that, they sh- the the pace that they go at and the, it, it's all very different. Yeah. Than, than I think American Gundam, you know, animation. So. I have to get used to it, but I am watching it right now. I'm watching it on Crunchyroll, yeah, for free. So it just <laughs> is ads it the, after ads. Is it, is it the 30 day trial? No, no, it's just no? ads. Oh. I'm just doing the free one, so it's just ads. Oh, okay. And the first set of ads actually came on when the intro music was done. It's like yeah. intro music, and yeah. then just like two minutes of ads. Oh, <laughs> like, man, I don't know if I could do this. Just play real commercials. <laughs> it's like it, if you wanted by seven dollars, this was a very effective way to do it. <laughs> but how many episodes are you in so far? Into Not, I only did the first one. Yeah, I've only done the first one. Yeah, what are your thoughts on it? It's, it's nice. Yeah, I can kind of see where they're going with it. Yeah. Um, I, they they haven't talked a whole lot about 
the Gundam itself, mm-hmm. but they've talked about. I think they talked about how it's used as just energy right now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it did not not too much. They set up some of the characters. Yeah, and there must to me. I think there must be a reason why they selected those specific guys. Yeah, to be on the mission. Yeah, yeah. Well, what I really enjoyed about Iron Blooded Orphans is, I mean, to add to your point, Jerry, um, it's unlike other previous Gundam series, like say for example Gundam Wing and and uh, Gundam Seed, it's not super heavily focused um, on the mobile suits themselves. Right? right. The mobile suits are they're there, they're cool, but you're more drawn to the actual characters themselves. And there's actually some really good character development in Iron-Blooded Orphans, mm-hmm. right? Um, it may seem a little slow the first half of the first season, but into the second half and leading into the second season, you're going to you're going to binge watch. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because it's that enjoyable. Yeah, I think at that point I'll probably once I get to a certain place, once I get yeah. comfortable with the series, I'll end up binge watching for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so today Mm-hmm. Um, we're again gonna go to test one of the new coffees that came in. Yeah, and uh, I think we just just get right to it, right? That's it. Yeah, it's coffee time. Coffee time. Okay, so for today's coffee segment, uh, we're getting a coffee from Rwanda. The region is Lake Kivu in Rusto District. Okay. Uh, the coffee is called Kigeo Station. I hope I didn't butcher any names <laughs> so jerry why don't you start off start us off and uh give us a little sniff sniff <laughs> a little bit of a sniff sniff yeah. again intense intense sniffing there we go okay <laughs> what do you get i it's hard to tell with this one do you feel like it's like the 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 smells are like really masked or i think so yeah a little bit i i, I really can't it's hard to tell. It's okay. hard to tell. You know what? Let me you, let me you try. Let me let me give you a, let me give you a sniff. It it I feel like there's almost a bit of like a of like a burnt smell to it. Okay. I do get some hints of sweetness though. Okay. Right. But I but I feel like that that's all I'm really getting in terms of the smell. Yeah. All right. Well, why don't you start us off, Jerry, and uh, give us a Give us a taste test. All right, here we go. Oh, look at that mouthfeel! Immediate ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. <laughs> what comes to mind? There's um, it's it's crisp. Okay. It's pretty refreshing, but okay. I can't. I can't actually pin down which fruit it is. Ah. It's um it's hard to tell. But it is very it is very light this time. The Christmas is very light. Yeah. Compared to what we had last week. It's very light. Interesting. Yeah, give it a, give it a taste. Okay. See what you My get. turn. My turn. Yeah. Taking that first sip vector. Oh. Victor going back. Second for, sip. Oh, Victor going back for that second sip. What do you think? There's a there's a bit of a sourness to it. Yeah. Like, but I not as much. Not as much. Not as much. Like it's still. Like it, there's like an earthier tone to it. Mm-hmm. It's sour, and then right as like the sourness ends, there's a very tiny hint of sweetness. Yeah, but I just but I, there there might be, like the earthy tones. I don't know there might be a hint of ginger in there. Ginger, I think I, you so. know what I kind of agree with that. Yeah, like it's. That's that's really all I'm getting. Yeah, and but it honestly, is really smooth. It's smooth. It is it's really smooth. nice. It's, it's really like, it doesn't hit the palate too harsh. Yeah, and you can it's just a coffee that you can just enjoy. Yeah. Are you getting anything else from it? Getting some ginger, maybe. I think the the sweetness at the end. I don't know, maybe like an apricot. Like an apricot. apricot. You think so? Apricot, apricot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
Africa. Let's go with that. I think there's a little bit of an apricot to it, but mm, okay, I don't know. But it's not it's not strong enough that yeah, it really that suggests is an, oh, it's that an it's overpowering an exactly. Flavor. Yeah. yeah, so it, it's hard to tell. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty much going to be it for me. Yeah, and I think yeah. an over overarching theme for the coffee taste would be just like slurp. Hard to tell. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> that's just kind of what we're stuck with until we get better at it. Until we get better. Until we get better. Yeah, yeah I think that's going to be it for me. Okay. Yeah. Do you want right. to so do the let's, reveal? Let's uh, let's do the reveal. Let's see. Let's see what we got. So okay. we went with ginger. Yep. Apricot. Yep. Is there a third one you want to try to throw in there? A third one? Let, yeah. Let's do one more taste test. All right. Last slurp. I feel like the sour, it's almost like a, um, like it's very citrusy. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost like, like a really like young orange. Okay. Or maybe even like a lime. Okay. That's that's what I'm going to say. I'm actually going to go with lime on this one. Lime? Yeah. Okay. All right. You ready for the reveal? Let's do it. Okay. So. What do we got? For Kigeo Station, we got Berry Candy. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> um, raisins. Raisins. Yeah, but that's where you're gonna where you're the getting apricot? the apricot taste from. Yeah. And lemonade. Lemonade. Yeah. I am not tasting the lemonade. But I wasn't too far off on the citrusy thing then. Mm-hmm. Huh? Well, you had said lime. Yeah, but lime and lemon, they're not really the I same so. thing. I guess. So. But uh, the reason why I originally went with um, one's green, lime one's is because. Lime has a has a really subtle hint of sweetness at the end of it. Mm-hmm. It's not like lemon where it's just pure sour. Yeah. Right? But with the lemonade, I guess that kind of how it works because lemonade is sweet too, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. So that concludes our coffee so- uh, segment then. I think so. I, th- I think we did a pretty good job this time. I think it's not... Or We didn't do too bad. We didn't do too bad. We're, we're like... We're like, here's the line, and then we're like right hovering right underneath it, just kind of hanging out there in the rear view, just be like, hey, we're almost there. So Let's eventually, give us another five years. <laughs> I think we'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, another five years. If by then it would, if by then we're not getting them, we we really we really be. we should just stop this. Segment. We should just like not drink. I like, just drink tea. We should just start enough. testing Gatorade. <laughs> All right. Well, without further ado, uh, I think we're going to get to the main segment of today's show, which is Dark Knight's Metal. Let's do it. And we're back. Today, we'll be talking about a DC comic series called Dark Knight's Metal. Uh, I'm sure you've heard of it before, but if you don't, we're going to just go over sort of what the comic is about and who is the creative team on it and uh, just sort of what you can kind of expect to to see. Um, So with this book, um, it is written by Scott Snyder. It is drawn by Greg Capullo with Jonathan Glapian on inks, uh, FCO on colors, and Steve Wands on letterers. So the book is essentially about having uh creating this portal as part of the multiverse and having access to to something called the dark multiverse but um, the multiverse itself is essentially um, this idea that there are alternate history uh, ultimate universes available and uh, accessible um, to these heroes and to the people of this world Um, there are 52 different universes in the multiverse and and there's sort of like a map actually drawn out mm-hmm. um, and it's actually uh, kind of referenced quite a bit by uh, Grant Morrison in his mostly multiversity books yep. and uh, th- essentially what this is about is is looking outside in the multiverse and having something that exists outside of the confines of the multiverse yeah um, it's sort of interesting that that they brought this not that the whole multiverse idea is new mm-hmm. with DC it's not I mean, they've been doing that since, I believe, Final Crisis or even earlier than that. Right. Right. Um, but I always liked the idea of, of a multiverse because it it, exp- it expands and it borrows from a lot of our own science and what we know of today. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, though granted that DC does it on a much smaller scale because they have the, the 52 universes. It's finite. 
um, as well as sort of the dark universe, right? Um, but with us, it's 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 so much bigger, yeah. Right, absolutely. because for us, space is essentially infinite, mm-hmm. right? So you have you have what we know in our visible universe, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, it's only expected that it's much more of the same beyond uh, what we can see so far, right? Right. So that means every possible outcome that this earth can have is essentially played out in in other universes right right so that means somewhere else there's the two versions of us that are doing this podcast (laughs) but the only difference is is that i don't know one of us is picking our nose or something (laughs) that's one of the possibilities (laughs) but like essentially every scenario a scenario is is possible yeah but in an infinite universe it'll it'll almost be filled by what is considered to be finite amount of scenarios because right. we can't there's only a lip there's a limit to what we can achieve there's a limit to what we can do mm-hmm. so i don't think that the possibilities are essentially considered endless i don't yeah. think that's really the case mm-hmm. yeah and which also leads to another point where because we have finite possibilities in an infinite universe that means that every possible scenario is repeated again at some point mm-hmm. right so again going back to the, the example of the two of us in here doing a podcast yeah there could just be uh two versions of us doing the exact same thing at the exact same moment right now mm-hmm. right so it's it's interesting like like multiverse theory is there's just so much to it right mm-hmm. I, I, other than the philosophical aspects there's also like quantum physics and science yeah. and a lot of math that i don't understand <laughs> <laughs> but again i i find it so intriguing that that um dark knights has taken it to the next level yeah right and still in a way that we understand mm-hmm. right but in a but they've taken it and, and and made it so much more interesting in my opinion in, in the dark knight series yeah and in the dark knight series it's referencing like we said earlier it's referencing the multiverse in respect to dc's version of multiverse, yes. which is 52 right? yeah um so there's 52 different earths 52 different versions of it um but what they're really expanding now is it they're expanding into something called the dark multiverse which yeah. is essentially the underbelly of the multiversal map yeah and that possibility is endless in dc yeah is it endless because the way that i understood it when i read it was that it's basically like we have our 50 universe 52 universes Mm -hmm. and then on the dark multiverse there's like like a dark version of those 52 universes yes so i believe the it's not an exact mirror yeah. to the current universe. Okay, okay. I believe what is happening is outside of what is created in the 52 uh, universes, the dark multiverse is essentially possibilities that have gone straight from the regular multiverse. Okay. So that essentially creates uh, just sort of a infinite amount of negative things that outcomes, can go right? Yeah. Okay. negative outcomes every negative decision every negative outcome has essentially created a brand new world has essentially created a brand new branching um, sort of branching set of histories mm-hmm. and that's really where they're going with it so there mm-hmm. was the there was a the moment in the book where uh, Kendra Kendra Saunders mm-hmm. um, she had flipped the, she had the multiversal map in the issue yeah and she had looked at the multiversal map which is actually the same map you can find uh, on the actual multiversity books and just online you can search it up it's the yeah. one that Grant Morrison created yeah once um, she flips that around she essentially says this is where the dark universe and it's all resides black. and it's all black yeah and I think that is more so suggesting that it is endless okay it is an endless amount of possibility anything yeah. could be just a speck on the map mm-hmm. there, there's, there's there's no set space that it takes up mm-hmm. so it is really just a part of this massive sea of possibilities yeah which is which is kind of crazy when you think about it yeah because that means that it's no longer just the 
I mean, if they decide to go down this route later on, I don't know if they will, Mm -hmm. right? But that just means that there's more than simply the Dark Knights that have appeared that they have to worry about. Yeah. Right? Uh, Which to me is like, there's, there's a whole other realm of possibilities for for dc writers and dc artists to draw from now yeah because they've created a brand new concept yeah right so with this concept now essentially every creator in dc can say now there's more places for us to draw storytelling elements Mm -hmm. and i think and i think that's something that could be really useful for writers later on especially when it uh for superhero comics i think what Mm -hmm. ends up happening a lot of time is um, you you have to meet deadlines. You have to publish books and stuff like that. So you end up publishing stories that may have or may be similar, may yep. have already been seen. Yeah. But I think creating something like this, creating this concept of this essentially untapped material, yeah, that it gives a lot of creators just chances to just have more things in their sandbox to play with. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if you know Jerry, but I I I can't think of two stories right now that DC has done that are very similar would you be able to probably provide two examples of that of stories that they've done yeah stories that are similar yeah Um, one of them like to me to me the the Red Hood stuff has has been done a lot yeah I think the retelling of origin stories Mm -hmm. have been done a lot too Mm -hmm. Um, and they always try to put something a little so it's just a little spice to it, say like yeah. the secret origins of this, and there's mm-hmm. always different takes on it. But I think the the main idea is there, right? Yeah. Um, for something like um, Superman's origin story, yeah, it's fairly common knowledge now of how he came to be. Yeah. But there's always that little bit of spice, that little bit of different angle of where you're seeing it. Mm-hmm. But the core idea remains the same. Um, so in comics, and obviously right now. Action Comics is coming up on a thousand issues. Yeah. Right? Detective Comics is coming out close to a thousand issues. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of Marvel books that are closing in on like the 700s, 800s, 900s. Yeah. Eventually, through time, there's going to be things that are going to be told in a similar fashion mm-hmm. because they, they have to play within the confines of what is given to them by yeah. the publisher. Yeah. So if the publisher hasn't signed off on something, you can't create it. Mm-hmm. Like you can't, not so much create it, but you can't play in it. Yeah. But it, it'll take certain talents to create new material yeah. and for other artists or other writers to be like, hey, this is something that we can incorporate and mm-hmm. they can use that to innovate brand new ideas as well. Mm-hmm. So um, something like the Red Hood, uh, I think is sort of been done a few times, like yeah. under the Red Hood and stuff like that. Um, and you've kind of... Um, and I think Joker's origin's been done a few times, different takes on Joker's origin, but it's you know, it's very similar. I feel like a it lot of the that um, of acid. Oh yeah, right. I feel like a lot of the Superman like original stories are are very similar in many ways, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, you you have a lot of different takes on them. Like um, Red Sun was mm-hmm. was a really different take on it. Yeah. Um, but when you like read them. And then you cross-reference them to other Superman stories, like say for example, um, All Star Superman. Yeah. Right. Like they're they're still Superman stories at the end of the day. Yeah. Right. And because it's Superman, there's only so many different ways that you can write him and draw him, etc. Mm-hmm. Like I find that a lot of the outcomes, even though the story may be may be different in many ways. Yeah. The outcome ends up being more or less the same. Yeah. Right. And actually, one. One that I sort of comes to mind, and uh, and I know you're probably gonna hate me for it, but the Flash. Why? <laughs> <laughs> the Flash, Victor, has been done. There, there are people that are able to tell very interesting stories about the Flash, but yeah. ultimately, the Flash is the fastest man in the world. He's mm-hmm. the fastest man alive. So, yeah, for him to fail would mean that you have to slow him down, uh-huh. right? So there's a lot of there's a lot of sort of plot points, sort of plot armor, let's say that uh, that event that essentially allows a writer to put the story together by sort of depowering him a little. So he ends yeah. up in a very similar role in a lot of those stories, and yeah. a lot of his a lot of his fights with the rogue gallery 
almost ends up in very similar fashion. Yeah. The Gorilla Grot stuff is very similar to me. Yeah. The, depending on which who's tackling it, they eventually all come out the same way, and yeah. the Flash essentially outruns everything, or just becomes faster than everything. Yeah. So. I don't com- I, so much. I don't completely do. disagree with you on that one, actually. Yeah. Despite me loving the Flash so much, <laughs> because when you when you look at things like as like you brought up a good point about sort of like the Rogue Gallery and stuff like that, right? Like, let's look at Flashpoint, for example, right? When he fought the Rogues, it it ended up in a very predictable way, mm-hmm. right? Though the the outcome of the fight afterwards ended up being very different, right? Yeah. Um, same thing when um, same thing with um, oh it's it's slipping my mind right now uh, with the sorry with the uh, the rebirth flashes right and, right, and they yeah. try and bring back the the rogues gallery again in that it's you're right it, it does end up being s- sort of the same way yeah right though I did really enjoy that arc when they brought in Godspeed right yeah but again same thing it's another it's another speedster villain yeah right and i think sometimes what they end up tripping on is it in order to defeat the flash you have to have someone who can outdo him at his job right so that's why you have guys like um that's why you have guys like hunter zolomon you have guys like reverse flash and then you have villains like godspeed yeah godspeed to me started off really well as a as a promising villain yeah but then ultimately wanted the same thing yeah and that ended up falling flat for me like it's not the same stories as the previous ones but it's in the same shell yeah right so to me that fell a little bit flat yeah it's yeah because you're you're, you're, it's essentially he's essentially a version of the flash that's willing to cross the lines that he's not willing to cross exactly right yeah um another example of that would be and the show borrowed from this with their version of Savitar, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's a version of the Flash that came back in time to kill all of the um, all of the villains that he neglected to kill in the past, and then the current Barry Allen has to stop him. Yeah, right. So it's it's the same stuff, <laughs> right? It's the same stuff, but yeah. it's not it doesn't make it any less interesting to read, mm-hmm. right? Um, but again, to track all the way back to our original point the dark multiverse adds a, an entire dimension to writing that that again like you said jerry that writers and artists can draw upon and, yeah. and create a lot of new content for yeah absolutely um and i think what what is really interesting about dark knight's metal for me is they draw so much on actual like real mythologies yeah that i think really lends this weight and gravity to what is happening in the story because it draws on real life yeah right Uh, one of the examples is the demon uh, Barbados Mm -hmm. Uh, do you want to maybe talk a little bit about Barbados and sort of what he is yeah so uh, Barbados which is a in the or in the comics Mm -hmm. he is the sort of the, the the big enemy that comes from the the dark multiverse, right? right? But in in our universe or in <laughs> our world, um, in demonology, Barbados is actually an earl uh, and a duke from hell, right? Who commands a legion of demons, right? Right. Um, which, when you bring it back to the comics, it there's a, there's a very clear reference to it, yeah. because his uh, legion of demons would be the Dark Knights, right? Mm-hmm. It would be the Red Death, Dawnbreaker, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Right, so I thought that that was a really clever use of of demonology, mm-hmm. right? Um, but again, it to bring it back to sort of the reason for DC Rebirth and stuff, it gives us a really clear division and allusion to who is good and who is evil, right? Right, where it that was clearly lost in the new Fifty Two, <laughs> right? Not all the time, yeah. Not all the time. That that's one of the issues with New Fifty Two, I believe. It's they they really they wanted you to sympathize with everybody. Yeah. And that just blurred a line everywhere. Yeah. And to a point where you sometimes even question the heroes and be like, Are you making the right choice? Yeah. Are you doing the heroic thing right now? Mm-hmm. Um, 
that's something that DC really then now kind of left behind with Rebirth. Yeah. Yeah. It, not to say that they completely left it behind, mm-hmm. right? Because as we can see in in um, in a metal, right? The reason why uh, Barbados is even here is because Batman had initially went back in time, right? Right to uh, I can't remember exactly where he went back in time to. Yeah, but he went back in time, and, and Barbados saw him. And essentially planned for thousands of years mm-hmm. to try and get Batman to become the portal. Right. 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 And then here he is in issue two and he's going to try and do the same thing again. Yeah. <laughs> right. So. Yeah. Um, not to say that they've completely gotten rid of it. Right. Um, but the, the division is now a bit more clear. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the new 52, it, it, it wasn't so much. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think that leads us to a really good point where it's talking about if if you explore too far then yeah. you essentially become the villain of your own story right um, and I think in this specific case it is speaking about Batman going back mm-hmm. and then setting this whole thing in motion mm-hmm. but with this it actually relates to something that has sort of taken effect now in our mm-hmm. world mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of the the biggest thing is with exploration with the European explorers yeah uh, when they discovered the new land mm-hmm. right so when they explored and they came across this new land yeah they essentially colonized and created what is current now to us yeah. but yeah. there was already something there mm-hmm. established and what they had to do was to what they had to do was to abandon what was already set in place so that they can colonize and create what we have now yeah but to us they may be heroes for finding these new things Mm -hmm. or exploring these new lands but really they're not heroes for everyone yeah and you know like to go into sort of like the like the historical what ifs is always a little bit like touch and go yeah because it's like you never know if that's actually going to happen like to sort of build on your point jerry like let's just say for example they didn't colonize the 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 new world or or the west Mm -hmm. right um and they didn't cause mass genocide with with the indigenous peoples like would we still have ended up in the same place uh that we are now in history like would we still have all this technology would there still be globalization et cetera et cetera like it's hard to say yeah right absolutely so in many ways we have the explorers to thank mm-hmm. but also in in many more ways they're villains to a lot of people yeah right like there's like Christopher Columbus Day for example like that's a huge day that in my opinion shouldn't exist yeah right because it it detracts from the suffering of the people that the explorers had basically ruined yeah right like they ruined cultures they've they've ruined like whole races of people yeah right like the whole aboriginal or sorry uh indigenous cultures like they don't really exist in 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 sort of the mainstream anymore yeah because it's no longer there yeah right and to take away their cultures and and basically try and put in place um the european cultures instead i don't know man like that's 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 a big thing that goes against the explorers that makes them the villains in my opinion absolutely absolutely and it and that's how a lot of culture gets lost through history as well yeah that's how a lot of just sort of ideas get lost through history as well yeah so, um but that's i think that's essentially what the reference is to Mm -hmm. i believe and in earlier dc days yeah there's actually a character that existed Mm -hmm. uh, this character called krona yeah which they did mention in in the second issue i believe i believe so yeah 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 um so krona is an asian uh ancient maltusian scientist an asian scientist (laughs) asian scientist yeah actually in the moment i was like i'm about to say he's maltusian but he's a scientist who wanted to witness the beginning of time okay 
So he ended up going back in time to try to get at the beginning of time and creation. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you want to maybe elaborate on what ended up happening? To poor Crota. <laughs> yeah, he shattered the multiverse. <laughs> because be, because originally there was one universe. Right. Right? And because he had went back in time to try and witness the beginning of time, mm-hmm. that caused that single universe to shatter into the multiverse. Yeah. Right? So th- the 52 is because of him. Yeah. Right? But what he had also created was like a dark universe as well so mm-hmm. he created the the monitor and he also created the anti-monitor yeah which is like what the fuck right <laughs> yeah but um so essentially everything that is evil is attributed to him mm-hmm. right there is there is evil because Krona did what he did yeah. so when you think about it in the DC universe he's essentially the ultimate villain yeah. Right. You go back to you go back all the way to the beginning. Everything that is evil that has happened is because Krona shattered the multiverse or the universe. Yeah. I think <laughs> it's it's and it's kind of tough to sort of like wrap your head around because it's such a huge concept yeah. attributed to this one singular event, right? Yeah. And that's really what's so interesting about what has been set in motion in this book. Yeah. Um, it's essentially this idea that has happened again yeah. and is set upon this dark multiverse onto the multiverse itself. Yeah. Right. Um, but uh, before we get any, before we get kind of further with that, uh, one thing I want to kind of touch on is uh, after the creation of the multiverse, mm-hmm. uh, it created this essentially this multiversal map. Yeah. And this multiverse, there are theories going on mm-hmm. online that okay, dream of the endless from sandman Mm -hmm. the reason why he showed up at the end of issue one is because he wanted to because he's essentially drawn to the story in a very similar way that the other characters are Mm -hmm. which is on the map of the multiverse yeah outside of the actual confines of the 52 universe Mm -hmm. is dream at the top and at the bottom is nightmare Mm -hmm. and a lot of people are saying the dark multiverse is an encapsulation of what is the what is the underground of the multiverse itself okay but dream and nightmare exists outside of that mm. and what Bar- Barbados is is essentially the opposite of dream he's the antithesis exactly okay so the idea is that he's only brought into the story because he needs to stop Barbados as well because uh. he needs to he needs to a maintain the balance but he cannot let the nightmare men win yeah so that's why he's there Mm-hmm. And that theory is going around, which I think is pretty interesting. It's interesting, and it also explains why he's helping Batman and Superman in the way that he's helping them. Yeah, right. Because I mean, if he really wanted to, he could just tell them, "Yeah, just do the do X, Y, Z, and then you'll solve all this." Mm-hmm. Right. But he 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 delivers his help in a very cryptic way. Yeah. Right. Like he doesn't tell them directly what they need to do. But he points them in the right direction and he goes, okay, it's basically up to you from here. Yeah. Right? And I don't know how Barbados is helping the Dark Knights, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, like, is he helping them in the same way? Like, because if he's the antithesis, technically he should be doing it in the same way as well. Yeah. Technically, yeah. right? But we we don't, as, I mean, as far as I know, right? I don't know if he's... if he's shown to be interacting with the Dark Knights the way that um, Dream is interacting with Batman and Superman. Yeah. And I think later on the issues, it might come more clear of what Barbados is trying to to establish. But I think at at this point right now, we know that the Nightmare Man exists. We know that the Nightmare Batmans exist. Mm -hmm. And we know that they're essentially being let through to, to invade... The multiverse right now so that yeah. they can establish their own ground in the world mm-hmm. but um what is essentially happening with the nightmare man is they're they're use, they're using batman as this portal mm-hmm. to come through the multiverse so that right. they can connect the dark multiverse and the multiverse but right. it, it'll be interesting to see what barbados intentions are and mm-hmm. what his actual influences yeah on the nightmare batman yeah because then it will become clear if he is an actual 
opposite of dream. Yeah. If it's an actual analogy for the other yeah. side of dream. Because as far as we know, the reason why the Dark Knights are doing what they are is because their personal worlds are ending. Yes. Right. So they're 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 done. They're they're about to go. Right. And I'm not sure if I missed something, but I think they're coming coming over to like the actual like 52 multiverse mm-hmm. to is it to take it over or is it to to end those worlds as well not to end those worlds but to re resettle i see yeah they're moving into these worlds to yes take it over but yeah. they want to settle in to a new world because they know their world is ending yeah yeah okay that's interesting yeah I, i'm not sure if i like i said i don't know if i missed that part or not mm-hmm. right um but yeah it's it's just again it i don't know what barbados's personal intentions are mm-hmm. so it makes and again that's what makes this story so good yeah right because you have this one huge bad guy and you have no <laughs> you have you have no idea what this what this uh demon can do you have no idea how much more or how much more powerful they are in comparison to the superheroes that we know yeah right um you know i don't want to dig too deep into the next two or three issues just yet mm-hmm. right um but as far as we know from issue one and issue two he's just there to just mess stuff up yeah <laughs> <laughs> but um to add to your point about krona mm-hmm. um i know we had talked a little bit briefly about this you had mentioned that maybe Batman is sort of like Krona in a way as well? Yeah, so I believe the current story is setting Batman up as the same type of character as Krona, which um, in Final Crisis from mm-hmm. years back, it was by Grant Morrison. Yeah. Uh, in Final Crisis, Darkseid essentially sent Bruce back in time through the Omega Sanction, mm-hmm. and the beam sent him through time to the beginning right. of man. Right. And from there is essentially where Barbados saw him and witnessed him and wanted and wanted to use him as a gateway as he traveled through time as a gateway to then create this portal. Okay. Right? So for in this book in issue 2 Batman had actually grabbed the baby version of Darkseid. Yeah. Cuz uh, at the end, you know in 52 Justice League he became a baby. Yeah. So he grabbed the baby version of Darkseid and he wanted to use the beam again to go back in time and stop this because he knows that when he went back there was this presence that was there following him and now he knows what it is so he wants to go back in time again to stop it Um, and I think this reference for him going back to try to witness that beginning again I think and and witness the creation of what is essentially this dark universe Mm -hmm. um is very very much in comparison to what Krona tried to do. Right. Um, so I think, in a sense, Batman is becoming sort of the villain of his own story, uh-huh. right? Because the story is ultimately about the the sort of existence of the Dark Multiverse yeah. and why it came to be, mm-hmm. which is Batman. Yeah. And Batman's sort of constant need to discover the truth. Yeah. And the constant need to explore the unexplored. Yeah. And that which is why he also has a whole bunch of different gadgets and a bunch of different relics yeah. stored away and stuff yeah. like that that nobody knows about. Yeah. His constant need to search for that truth mm-hmm. is now sending him back again yeah. to try to undo what has essentially been put to motion already. Yeah. And I think that is ultimately what sets him as a villain for him himself. Yeah. A villain for his own story. And it's it's sort of the biggest flaw of Batman as a character as well. Yeah. Right? Because you see Batman as a detective, mm-hmm. right? And the the job of a detective is to always seek the truths uh, of others or to seek the, the truth of self, right? And it's a double-edged sword, right? Because yes, you find out the truth about something, but there comes the truth comes at a cost. Yeah. Right. And we look at Batman, and he is he's just constantly searching, just wants to solve things, and and you know figure things out as as to to whatever means necessary. Mm-hmm. Right. 
about any issue. Yeah. Right? And that's taken Batman to some pretty crazy extremes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And again, it's it's not really a flaw, but it's a flaw in this instance. Yeah. Right? Because everything that has happened is essentially because of this, right? Yeah, but what I found interesting in um, in issue two um, was how they were able to tie everything together with Batman as well, right? Because mm-hmm. he had to have been exposed to, I, I believe it was nine different medals, right? Uh, no, five. Five, sorry, five different medals. Wow. Five nine. Where the hell did yeah. I get nine from? <laughs> but <laughs> five different medals. medals, and they tied how he got exposed to those different medals together, yeah. right? Yeah. And how um, the Court of Owls played their part in doing so as well. Yeah. When the Court of Owls showed up, I'm like, what the heck? Where did these guys come from? <laughs> I thought they left you guys back in the New 52. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's, and it's also because Scott Snyder essentially created this whole mythology yeah. about how Batman and Gotham and everything came to be. Yeah. So... Which is why it's really interesting now that he's brought up the Court of Owls again. Yeah. And he's brought up even the uh, the Dionysium from his battle with the Joker mm-hmm. and having him being prepped through time. Yeah. And actually having the Court of Owls be sort of messengers for Barbados yeah. to try to bring about the Dark Universe, right? Because they're going after this myth as well mm-hmm. to try to bring the Dark Universe into a regular multiverse, mm-hmm. right? So with Batman, I just think it's interesting that ultimately this whole thing leads to Batman trying to avoid this entire the, the prepping of the medals mm-hmm. the sort of him going back in time and whatnot and he's yeah. ultimately setting himself in motion yeah. right and he's setting this entire event in motion unknowingly by carrying out essentially what Barbados wanted him to carry out yeah but the other thing too is that because Batman went back in time the first time around, that's how Barbados saw him and knew that he was going to be the portal. Yeah. Right? And he's trying to go back in time to try and fix that. But I feel like that sort of creates like an endless loop, in my opinion. Yeah. Right? Because, I mean, because Barbados seems like this all-powerful demon, mm-hmm. right? Um, which is obviously a clear allusion to the devil, yeah. right? But because he's this all-powerful demon... Like, I feel like no matter what he does, no matter how many times he's going to go back, Barbados is always going to see him and Barbados is always going to uh, know that he's the portal. Yeah. Right. So it's I feel like it's one of those things that like where like history repeats itself. Yeah. Right. No matter how many times you go back, time is going to find a way to correct itself. Yeah. Right. And it's sort of like what happens with the Flash. Right. Like in Flashpoint, he went back in time to try and save his mom. But in doing so, he completely ruined history, right? And mm-hmm. it and it and it corrected itself, right? Yeah. By by trying to save x x amount of lives, you're ruining you're ruining these amount of lives at the same time. Yeah. Right. So it it just kind of ties into this overarching theme with with DC, which is, I mean are these sort of things like justified like mm-hmm. like is going back in time to do all these things really going to solve anything right because yeah you can go back in time and correct one issue but it's going to create a whole other array of issues that you have to go back when you come back into the the present now yeah. you have to fix those issues as yeah. well right so i don't know like it's I don't know if him going back in time would have really done anything. Yeah. In all honesty. Yeah. And I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you, Victor. And I think it really plays into the current day situations as well. Like in real life situations where you're like, oh, I wish I could go back and do this. Yeah. I wish I can go back and do that. Yeah. But do you really want to? Because then you're yeah. also going back to sacrifice something else. Exactly. Right? Like if I had went back in time and I decided not to go back into go back to university and I decided to to go straight into like say trades for example instead because yeah. I because for me I, I guess nobody none of the viewers really know my story right <laughs> but for me I went to university first yeah worked for three years and then now I I went back to to school and decided to do trades instead but what if I went back in time and I decided just to go straight into trades from high school I didn't go into university right my life would be very different. Yeah. It'd absolutely. be ex- completely different. Right? Absolutely. Like 
I highly doubt if I did that, I would have I would have met you. I highly doubt I would have met a lot of the friends that I have now, mm-hmm. right? So it's it's one of those situations where you just have to live with how life has turned out. Yeah. Right? And and that's again, well, I'll use Flash as an example. That's what Flash had to end up doing. Yeah. Right? Yeah, like you you lose your mom, you lose your dad, but that's how life is and that's how you have to live with it. Because mm-hmm. if you try and go back and mess with time, time is only going to come back and, and mess with you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, I I thought that was... That that dynamic was, was interesting. But I'm also glad that they didn't take that too far either. Yeah. Right? Because if they just took took going back to in time and they, they showed Batman doing that whole thing, I feel like it would have completely convoluted the whole story and made it so much more complicated than it is right now. Yeah. A simple a simple nod to the fact that he did it. Yeah. I think it's enough. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't need to it doesn't need the explanation because we also understand through current pop culture and current like just stories that are being told. Yeah. There's always the there's always this conclusion that if you go and mess with time, mm-hmm. then you're essentially it's going to come and mess with you back and it's yeah. going to correct itself yeah. and that there's always going to be consequences to those actions. So mm-hmm. with that, I, with Batman going back, they don't really need to show anything else. No. I think it already plays with a certain expectation in our head of how yeah. things are going to turn out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. With that being said, we're going to wrap up the podcast here as this leads us to our topic for the next episode, which involves two of the Dark Knights, the Red Death and the Murder Machine. Thank you for tuning in and we hope you enjoyed the episode. You can reach us by email at comics.darkroast at gmail.com with any questions or suggestions that you may have. You can also reach us on Twitter. My handle is geeky. <laughs> that is the animal otter, otterlygeeky. <laughs> you can reach Victor at... Victor J. Young. It's, it's super simple. <laughs> and as always, thank you so much for listening and take care. Bye. Bye.